Today is Tuesday, October 2nd, 2007, and welcome to Radio Wave. The host of our program is a friend of Medjugorje, and tonight he'll be discussing Mariana's message that was given earlier today in Medjugorje, and uh, you'll be invited to call, as always. Uh, the phone number to call is 888-672-WAVE. That's 888-672-9283. That's a toll-free number. And if you're calling from outside of the United States, the number to call is 205-672-9977. And we thank you for joining us this evening. She asked, Give me a little village. He said, Scour the earth. Choose the one you wish to favor above all the rest. She conquered it. She asked, Send people to come to the village. He said, Whatever you need, I will bring them from the furthest shores and faraway islands. She conquered the people. She asked, Grant me authority to choose and bestow knighthood upon those who wish for it. He said, I will not deny you. The conqueror chose and knighted them. She asked, Send them back to their homes and villages. He said, I will send them back to fill the earth. They conquered she asked let them consecrate their homelands and give them to me he said you have their homes and villages to the most distant lands she conquered the nations 
she asked, Grant me your love to fill the earth, that a kingdom of love may reign. He said, As the water fills the sea, I will give to you. My king, I give what is mine. I give the nations to you. My queen, I give the world to you. She conquered the whole world through one little village. You said, ask and you will receive whatever you need. You said, pray and I'll hear from heaven and I'll hear your
No one could have never imagined back in 1981 that Our Lady's plans would unfold the way they did. Uh, of course, now we can look back in hindsight and see that on June 24, 1981, that Our Lady had much more plans than what anybody could even phantom. And we can probably say the same thing for 10 years from now. We can't imagine where this would lead us or what it's going. But we do see some glimpses of what Our Lady's doing when we look at the messages. And in her message, um, the very first message she was given on the mountains was really more conversation. It wasn't necessarily messages. And her whole effort was to become friends with the visionaries. And through the visionaries become friends with the villagers. And through the villagers become friends with the world. And we see that all they went for three years like this, just building a relationship intimately, doing different things, many signs, many beautiful miracles, appearing at the cross, the fire on the mountain, mirror wrote in the sky. Our Lady unceasingly gave graces to capture the hearts of the people. And through this, when she got them to a certain point, she told them that she would give them a message every Thursday. These Thursday messages are messages that begin the formation of the parish. The very first Thursday message Our Lady gave March 1st, 1984. And she said, I've chosen this parish. And so we began to see that she was forming through this little tiny village. At that time, only 400 families, very small, very agrarian in their work. The people, when you went there, you could be doing subsistence farming on just two acres of land and take care of the needs and a little bit of a cash crop. But it was real simple, and through this simplicity, Our Lady decided to change the world. And so this little village that God gave to her, she says that she wanted to change the whole world to these villagers. She began a formation with them through these Thursday messages. And she said on March 21st, 1985, that I love you. And in a special way, I've chosen this parish, one more dear to me than the others in which I've gladly remained when the Almighty sent me. Therefore, I call you, accept me, dear children, that it might go well for you. <clears throat> As we talked the last time we broadcast, uh, some of the saints have said with Our Lady knocking on the door, they're somewhat reluctant to open because they know with the beauty of Our Lady coming comes also the equal amount of of purification and difficulties they face. And so we see this. We see Our Lady tell them in the Thursday messages, messages, you have a large and heavy cross to bear. Many people uh, see it's a beautiful thing to be in Mezhigori and have what these villagers have, but at the same time, those constellations, those miracles, there's a price extracted for that. <clears throat> so we need to realize that the, the formation of Our Lady's plans was to capture the whole world. And it really parallels her plan. Her plan is for your conversion as an individual. And your world, your parish, is your family. Maria once said when we had about 25 couples back in the 80s uh, that we were consecrating their marriages, she said every, every family is like a little church. It's a little parish. And so the whole genius behind these messages is your conversion in your family, through you, your family's conversion, and through your family's conversion, your neighbors, and through your neighbors, your village and whole town and the nations. So when we see the 
plan, we realize what already says. Peace will not come through the presidents. It's not going to happen that way. If you have a people that's unpeaceful, a peaceful president, what can he do? If you have a president that's un- unpeaceful and the people aren't peaceful, what's he going to do? So it, 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 we get who we are. If we are peaceful people, we'll get a peaceful president. The whole plan, the whole genius of of God's ways is I convert. I change my heart. I do what our lady asks. The fact that our lady favors Medjugorje, and she actually says, I've chosen on February 6, 86, I've chosen in a special way this parish and in a different, different from others. I have given messages, first of all, for all the residents of the parish and then all those, or rather, she says, and all the others. April 3rd, 1986, a still a formation message in the, in the uh, Thursday night messages. She says, I've chosen you. So the residents of Medjugorje, the parish of Medjugorje, they're a chosen people. And, of course, all the visionaries thought, Mariana particularly thought, basing this on the Fatima apparitions, that uh, they were only going to go a few days. When it surpassed that, nobody expected it to go as long as it was. When some of us become involved, me becoming involved in 1984, but going there first time in 86, we thought that they didn't every month. And then it was every anniversary. And it was only when we hit the 10th anniversary and it didn't end that we began to look at it in a different way. How long will they last? I believe 40 years. Why? 40 years of bringing the chosen people through the desert. The world's in a desert. It's in a serious crisis. Nobody has to speak for that. Had our, not lady, had our lady not come, think of where hope would be right now. Think of where faith would be. Many things we see on the incline within the church or as Christians of what people are doing to change things really are spinoffs of Medjugorje. Medjugorje, the little tiny village, is a spiritual rebirth of the whole world. It is the center of the renewal of fasting worldwide. It is a central place of renewal of adoration worldwide. It is a central place of prayer being renewed worldwide. And it goes on and on and on from sacrifice to offering your lives to doing what I said um, in 1988, I think it was, where she said, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. So the plans are related to much broader, much bigger than we can imagine in the midst of them, just as Peter and the apostles was with Jesus, didn't understand completely what they were going to be doing and building a church and starting a church. And they couldn't have. No more than we can have the understanding now of how big this plan is of Medjugorje. Nothing in 2,000 years has happened like this. Never in history has a being come for 26 years like this every day in a physical form, breathing, smiling, talking, touching, kissing Maria. Ivanka hugging her mother. Our Lady bringing uh, Ivanka's mother after death to, to her on not one occasion but several occasions. And seeing this intimacy of the interaction of us and heaven and the great struggle that heaven makes over us to bring us back to God the Father and to understand who God is. One of the biggest things that came out of this for Mariana was her view of God. 
she saw God as somebody that's so far distant and so big that that not on a personal nature, you know, that corrects things, chastises things, that that is more of a hard view. And what happened through through the apparitions is she saw that, you know, he's our friend. He's a loving father. And that he wasn't anything at all what she thought. And so our ladies come to re expose us to what we've lost. The church has grown indifferent to Christian principles. Our nation, as well as other nations of the world, has lost uh, the value of Christian. Christianity really doesn't have the impact on society and culture as it used to. People would never do what they did 50 years ago that they do today. They couldn't do it because light was light, salt was salt. Today, light is gray and salt is flat. We don't have the capability to convict our brothers. We're not changing anything or reversing things. All the while, the church is trying to, to come up with different things, evangelize, and where is it happening at? It's happening through Medjugorje. It is the village. It is the place. It's what was given to Our Lady. That's all she wanted. She turned it into the nations, and she's going to give it back to God. So we have in June 25th of this year, a few months back, where Our Lady said, the message that the conversion of the entire world, uh, where the desire of God is the conversion of the entire world. That dates us back to the first monthly message of June 25th, or rather January 25th, 1987, when Our Lady said that she had great plans, or rather God had great plans for the salvation of the whole world. So when we look at this plan this way and we see this, we understand this has much broader implications than than what we ever could have imagined before. How do we stay up for this? Do we have to have like a football team cheerleaders poking the crowd and, and, and cheering and, and pumping people up? Is that what we need? Because we have so much interference, so many billboards, so many radios, so much cell phones that we said so many times before talking about the distractions of life. When do we recognize that we need perseverance? We need to have stay in power. We need to be even keel. I'm committed to Our Lady's plans. I won't get distracted. I won't get involved in anything else. I'm just going to grow in this and do what she says. What does she say? Conversion is a process which lasts your entire life. You will not quit converting until you draw your last breath. That's a tall order to feel. So we need to realize that Our Lady wants to touch every aspect of culture, every aspect of your life. She wants to purify you. That's why you have difficulties. That's why things are hard for us. And the more we pray, we think, gosh, this isn't getting better. I thought when I prayed, everything would be much better for me. It's just the other. You're praying for purification. There's unbelief in you as an, as as any non-believer that you might know, you have the same in you. If you're a Christian and there's certain things you don't accept, you, you don't have belief. We all have non-belief in us. So today Our Lady came, and, and when we come back, we will talk about some of the things and the message that I gave about that. Caritas views the pilgrimages we offer as one of our most important ministries. 
Those of you who have traveled with us over the past 22 years know that our experience gives you the best environment to allow you to experience the true Magigoria. Our first and primary concern is for you to return home with a wonderful encounter with Our Lady, who will lead you to an encounter with God. There are many paths to choose in going to Magigoria. Our prayer, with God's grace, is to direct you on the best path in your quest for a beautiful pilgrimage. Many have told us that our pilgrimages have been the best retreat of their lives. This is our prayer and desire for all who accompany us. My experience here has been profound, and I can't put it into words. It's like a prayer boot camp. Caritas has truly put their hearts into this trip, and it's made all the difference in the world. For the most profound experience of your life, call Caritas at 205-672-2000, extension 218. Before I get into Mariana's message this morning, I'd like to really finish off about the the Thursday messages where Our Lady said on February 6, 1986, what I've already read to you is, Dear children, this parish, which I have chosen, is special and different from the others. I'm giving great graces to all who pray with the heart. Dear children, I'm giving messages first for the residents of the parish and then to all others. And then Our Lady says something that I've always seen as as, a, as somewhat of grave consequences in the fact that if God's given her this village, she's also got charged of of uh, your prayers, taking them, receiving them, taking them to heaven, and, and purifying you. Because we need purification. And she says something after that that shows how that will uh, be dispensed through her. She says... First of all, you must accept the messages and then the others. So in accepting the messages that she's asking us, and and we need to be bent in some ways and molded and formed by her in some ways, how does that happen? Purification. What is purification? Often suffering. So our lady goes on and says, first of all, you must accept the messages and then the others. Then she says this. She says, you shall be answerable to me and to my son Jesus. That always struck me as something, hey, you won't get past me. If you're going to be praying, I'm going to mold you. I'm going to form you. And as a steel is molded in fire, purified, and things that uh, need to be the purities in the metal need to be worked out. Uh, Our Lady's coming to us to be ready for us to be formed by her, to be the person she wants us to be, so that we can be the witness, and the residents of Medjugorje can be the witness for the rest of the world. So meditate a few minutes on that, about why you suffer, why things are difficult, and why Our Lady gives us these difficulties. 
a shapeless piece of steel. That's all I claim to be. This hammer pounds to give me form. This flame it melts my dreams. I glow with fire and fury. I'm twisted like a vine. My final shape, my final form. I'm sure I'm bound to find. So dream a little, dream for me in hopes that I'll remain. Cry a little, cry for. So I can bear flames. It hurt a little, hurt for me. My future is untold. But my dreams are not the issue here for thee. The hammer holds, and the water it cools. Me gray, and the hurt subdued somehow. I have my shape, this sharpened point. What is my purpose now? And the question it still remains: What am I? Some perfect piece of art displayed for all to see. So dream a little, dream for me in hopes that I'll remain. And cry a little, cry for me so I can bear. Untold. My dreams are not the issue here for thee. The hammer holds. Drives me helplessly through flesh and wood reveals a burn that burns much deeper. It's more than I can stand. The reason for my life was to take the life of a guiltless man. Cry a little.
the hammer holds This task before me may seem unclear But it my maker holds So we have these words that tell us of just something that's as shapeless as a piece of metal being formed into a hammer, fired and purified to the flames, cooled after it being pounded, formed, and then from there it itself starts pounding. And this time it's, of course, pounding through Jesus' flesh, something it never dreamed that it would be given such a task. And while this task before it Seems unclear, it was the Maker's destiny for him. And so we have LA's messages in somewhat the same way, fashioning us, forming us, giving us everything we need to become what our Maker wants us to be. And what that destiny is, we can't know. But Our Lady just says, Let me lead you, let me guide you. And so conversion in Medjugorje often brings with it such sweetness and the consolation of. Our Lady holding us and being close to us and feeling as if the world doesn't no longer exist. And then we come a year, two years, five years later, depending on when our trials start, our purifying fire to mold us into the being we need to be. And uh, and that's difficult. And so Our Lady's message this morning to Mariana, which we um, start working on around 3 a.m. at Central Time here uh, with Medjugorje, working actually 9 o'clock our time the night before, getting prepared for it. And um, thousands of people show up, and Our Lady has designated this to Mariana as the day for non-believers. And now, while Our Lady was speaking a lot about non-believers, it seems now, it doesn't seem, it is clear that Our Lady speaks to all of us. But that doesn't excuse us because there's non-belief, as I was saying a little while ago, in all of us to some degree about different aspects. Some people accept the church partially. Some people accept the scriptures partially. And things that they don't accept is non-belief. And that's got to be purified out. This morning when Mariana received her message at 9 o'clock Medjugorje time or just after 9, uh, of course there were thousands of people there. And Our Lady told her these words. Dear children, I call you to accompany me in my mission of God, with an open heart and complete trust. The way on which I lead you through God is difficult, but persevering, and in the end, we will all rejoice through God. Therefore, my children, do not stop praying for the gift of faith. Only through faith Will the word of God be light in this darkness which desires to envelop us? Do not be afraid. I am with you. Thank you. So we have these words of Our Lady. She further, as she's been doing the last few months with Mariana, shows us that uh, do not be afraid. Obviously of what she's speaking of is something to be afraid about. 
she says, I lead you through God. Or rather, the way I lead you, which I lead you through God, is difficult. But she doesn't excuse because it's difficult. We can quit. She doesn't sit there and tell the, the, the wife, oh, well, you have a hard time. It's just You just leave. No, she says, you stay. You persevere. She doesn't tell the person who has difficulties at his work that they can retaliate. Persevere. Persevere to the end. And we, we, in the end, we will all rejoice. Our lady told the village through the Thursday messages, God wants to test you through your daily chores. So we we see a whole personality of Our Lady emerge as far as a mother that she doesn't protect us from hardship. Yet she tells us, you know, she wants us to be underneath her mantle and she will protect us. At the same time, you know, Scripture says, take the yoke when you're young. You don't want to be overprotected with your children. You don't want to shield them from every difficulty or adversity. You hurt your children when you do that. You don't teach your kids how to deal with situations. Today, everything's got to be just. Society teaches diversity. Society teaches that everybody can't offend anybody. And yet, when that happened in Medjugorje, and when the visionaries complained about somebody was treating them unjust, Our Lady answered that in an incredible way. She says, there has always been injustices in the world. Incredible. In other words, learn to live with it. Jesus was treated unjustly. That's how we change things. We can't change things by sitting there passing laws. Everybody's got to talk nice to each other and go around smiling. It, it comes from the heart. It comes from the individual. It comes from conversion. And through that love that people experience through conversion, they change others. And then the world changes. So this message today was... An incredible message, but one of the aspects of the message is more incredible than than um, each monthly message we've been normally getting through Mariana. And that is that Mariana described, after the apparition ended, she described that when Our Lady left to go into heaven, that she entered into a very, very intense, very strong light that heaven was opening to, and that she entered through, through, she entered into heaven through this light. And this light she spoke of, we haven't heard her talk about before. We've heard Yvonne often say on top of the mountain that how they left in the light of the cross. But this is something above normal that obviously Our Lady wanted Mariana to see so that obviously she would tell us so that obviously her words and her message, only through faith will the word of God be light in this darkness which desires to envelop, envelop us. And so we get some kind of play on these words that the word of God be the light in this darkness which desires to envelop us. But is it darkness or is it light? It can be both ways, the way I lady said it. Which way are you walking toward? You're walking toward the light if you accept this purification, if you do your prayers, if you sacrifice, you do penance, and what does Our Lady tell us? That she's fulfilling in Medjugorje what she began in, Medj- in Fatima. And what was the third secret of Fatima? Penance, penance, penance. 
And what was Sister Lucy told in the 50s? Or rather, what what did she say in the 50s without revealing the secret? Yet saying something in regards to it, that now we can know in hindsight, looking now after the secret was released, that she says, the penance today that God desires, or rather that Jesus desires, she said, is one to do their daily chores in perfection. In other words, if you're a wife, fulfill all your obligations as a wife. If you're a husband and father, fulfill all your obligations as a husband and father. That's the penance that God desires. It's pretty incredible. That's all we have to do. Is What state in life we have is we just do it. Why is that so hard? Because there's nothing in society to support the husband. There is nothing in society to support being a wife. Christian marriages now have surpassed non-believers in divorce. Where's the support? Oh, you got support groups for divorced people. But so little in society and culture supports the uniting and staying together in marriage. Never in history has it been this way. Even the pagans knew it was important, the nucleus of the family. You often are reading just general history about the Romans and things and how they had family. How it was important to them. And yes, they had a lot of pagan ways. And yes, they're not necessarily a model to hold up. But we've never had the world facing the break of the family as we have now. And so all the visionaries said they'd be priests and nuns. And all the visionaries end up married. And a lady gave a message that I wish for the fruits of the family to be seen one day. Why is this? Because good priests, good nuns, come from good families. It's said that one in four people have a, have a vocation. And yet we pray for more vocations. We don't have to do that. It's unnecessary. We've got to do the penance that the angel called for, the penance that our lady asked for, and that penance is that we live our state in life to perfection. You don't have to do you don't have to do great things, grand climb grandstand or climb mountains. You just need to be at the kitchen sink doing what you're supposed to be doing. Keeping your house clean, taking care of your family, being the provider as a husband, putting love in the family, let love reign. So that the kingdom of love will reign. With the proper exchange of love between the husband and wife, your kids will be everything they can be. Vocations will flourish. The church will flourish. And culture will flourish. We invite you to an experience of a lifetime. Come to the five-day annual retreat, December 8th through 12th, of reconciling ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. It will not only recharge you, but change your life. America was given a beautiful gift on Thanksgiving Day, November 24th, 1988. The Virgin Mary appeared in an open field consecrating the spot by her heavenly visitation. Today Our Lady appeared and she was very happy when she came. She announced through the Magigoria visionary, Maria Linetti, she was here to help us and she would intercede for you 
to God with all your intentions. Experience Our Lady. Experience Retreat. Experience Christmas. Experience a place fragranced by the Queen of the Angels herself and leave moved deep within your heart. With Our Lady appearing 26 years in Magigoria, come to a special place she's visited and designated and allow Our Lady to enlighten you in regard to God's plans to renew the face of the earth, nay, even all of creation. For more information, call Caritas of Birmingham at 205-672-2000. Of course, uh, December is a great joy for us when we host this event. And uh, one of the keystone messages that uh, being a, I just ended about talking about the family was just given by Our Lady December 20th, 1984. Our Lady says, Dear children, today I'm asking you to do something concrete for Jesus Christ. As a sign of dedication to Jesus, I want each family of the parish to bring a single flower before that happy day. I want every member of the family to have a single flower by the crib so Jesus can come and see your dedication to him. Thank you for having responded to my call. Of course, we end um, the night we call Christmas in the field with that. And this is part of a novena that we're actually doing right now. We started on October 3rd, uh, or rather September 24th. It ends tomorrow, Novena Family. And you can find that on Medge. Which you, if you didn't do it, I really encourage you to go to this. Do this novena. It's basically a prayer to heal our land that was written several years ago. Uh, it's part of the seven novenas we do to reconcile ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. And each one has a theme. And this, of course, September 25th, October 3rd novena, its theme is the family. And some of the messages in it are really amazing. Uh, the first day was Friday, September 25th, Dear Children. Today I wish to tell you during these days that this novena to pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your families and on your parish. Pray you should not regret it. God will give you gifts by which you will glorify him to the end of your life on this earth. That's June 2nd, 1984. That's not in heaven. Our Lady wants to give you, give you gifts now during this life, especially the gift of peace. Peace in the family. Our Lady tells us on another message in this novena, October 24, 1988. Dear children, your mother wants to call you to pray for the young of the whole world, for the parents of the whole world, so they know how to educate their children and how to lead them in, in the life of good, with good advice. Pray, dear children, the situation of the young is difficult. Help them. Help parents who do not know who give bad advice. September 9th, 88, another message. Dear children, tonight also your mother's warning that Satan is at work. I would like you to pay special attention to the fact that Satan is at work in a special way with the young. 
Dear children, during this period, I would like you to pray in the family with your children. I would like you to talk with your children. I would like you to exchange your experiences and help them to solve their problems. I will pray, dear children, for the young. For all of you, pray, dear children. Prayer is the medicine that heals. And another one, April 25th, 1993. Dear children, I invite you all to awaken in your heart's love. Go into nature and look how nature is awakening. It will help you to open your heart to the love of God and the Creator. I desire to awaken love in your families so that where there is unrest and hatred, love will reign. And when there is love in your hearts, then there is also prayer. And dear children, do not forget that I am with you. I am helping you with my prayer that God may give you the strength to love. I bless you and love you with my motherly love. Thank you for having responded to my call. And there's many more messages that our lady has spoken and given like this. And so we have the structure of the family uh, in danger today. Attacks through law upon it. Discussions in our presidential campaigns going on about the family and about its makeup. Never could we imagine this. Never. Just 30, 40 years ago. It would, we would, nobody would have said, even, even a, a non-believer would have said, this will destroy society or something's going to happen. And of course it is. We know things got to be purified. But it's better to go in the time of grace through personal purification than letting the secrets cause the purification for us. So we're going to talk a little bit more about Mirana's message today and about this great light and this intense. And we've got Ruth in Medjugorje right now uh, on the line and we'll... We will uh, say hello to her. Are you there, Ruth? I'm here. Hi, everybody. Good. Good. Hi, how are you? Uh, good. A little tired, but yeah. good. Are you going to sleep there? Uh, we got about a two-hour nap in there, and uh, probably about 24 hours ago is when uh, most of our group started getting up and going and uh, headed over to the um, apparition around 3.30 in the morning. Very excited to uh, get there early and spend their morning in prayer, so... Uh, it's been a pretty long, intense day for all of them. So what did they think about sitting in there for six hours before the apparition would even begin? Uh, it, it's funny because um, the day before, they had quite a, a bit of free time in the afternoon. We had gotten together and uh, discussed a little bit more specifically about Mariana and her apparition and just the grace to be able to be before Our Lady. And so then they spent the afternoon just preparing, and um, most of them went off on their own. And many of them wrote very heartfelt letters to Our Lady and um, uh, really presenting their heart in the letter to her in a way that they uh, hadn't. They brought petitions and stuff, but uh, uh, there was much more openness. And so... um, it was something that they wanted to get up early and do. They wanted to be able to get in the building, of course, but it put them uh, in a situation where uh, they were in a much more prayerful state than they would have been if they waited a little bit later. And um, they didn't mind it at all, and, um, and uh, they were able to uh, be in the state that they really felt like they wanted to be by the time Our Lady appeared. So there were no complaints whatsoever. <laughs> So can can you tell us um, any of their stories that they share with you 
during that person? Um, a, a lot of them were, of course, it was very, very crowded this time, more so than I think it has been in the last couple of uh, apparitions. And so uh, there were, there had to have been between five and 10,000 people there. And so as the, uh, as the time approached for Mariana come, more and more people came and poured into the building and and so in some ways it was a little bit difficult for them towards the end because uh, of the crowding and people getting in front of each other and that kind of stuff. But uh, for them what it put into reality is the, uh, the sacrifice that the visionaries have made um, for this uh, plan of Our Ladies. And, and uh, it put in them a uh, much more, uh, I guess, a, a reality more of the importance of praying for them and uh, and a deeper understanding of what it means to suffer for uh, Our Lady and God. And I think that part of the message where it said um, about it being the way on which I lead you through God is difficult. And I think that that is a line that hit them very strongly um, because of what they experienced in that way. Um, you know, many of them got to see uh, Mariana at some point in time. Some of them didn't, but at that point, that didn't matter to them because they knew that they were in Our Lady's presence. And so um, uh, they were very happy and, and had a very good experience, but it was a little bit different, I think, in the end than what they were thinking they would experience. But it was one that they were very happy um, and learned a lot in the process as well. This uh, part of the message where Our Lady says that, being enveloped in the light mm-hmm. and uh, was really interesting. And then after the apparition, explaining that, were you, were you in a position to see her face toward the end of the apparition? No, I wasn't. I, um, Greg and Joe were in the building. They went early, and I had a few pilgrims that uh, weren't able to get there as early as, as they were, so I went with them a little bit later. I was, um, I was on the outside, and I was in a very good position, but at the very, very end, so many pilgrims came in and pressed up against Mariana that she was moved up to the very, very front of the altar. And so very, very few people were able to see um, her face on the, uh, that were on the outside or even on the inside because it became so pressed in mm-hmm. that way. Um, so I personally did not get to see her, though I talked with some people and um, they said that when Mariana first came in, she uh, looked very anxious and um, uh, and that she was uh, crying gently and, and very silent in preparing for Our Lady. And uh, at the end, um, she looked completely exhausted, needed help walking out and, and so forth. It was a, um, and we had just discussed about how Mariana said that if, this happened much more than it does now that she couldn't take it. Um, it was, it's such a uh, difficult thing for her to be uh, part from Our Lady in the apparitions. And so I think that came a little bit of a reality more for them when they saw that as well. Well, that's the difference in seeing Our Lady every day that, say, for example, Maria mm-hmm. is so used to this on a daily basis of seeing Our Lady mm-hmm. now for 26 years nonstop that she doesn't have that sensitivity that I've seen in Mariana or Ivanka who has her apparitions once a year. And uh, I know I've knelt next to Mariana on several occasions on her annual anniversary apparition, single apparition once a year. And uh, 
her heart's beating over her whole body that even her shirt, you can see her heart, her shirt shake with her heartbeat. And, uh, just the excitement and the emotions involved. Mm-hmm. And so Mariana, with, uh, only receiving Our Lady once a month, um, doesn't have that daily, uh, insensitivity is it, not really the right word to say, but they're so used to it that what's supernatural is natural. It's just natural for Maria to have an operation every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you would not think that the the great event of what she experiences um, w- would be her reaction the way that she comes out of the apparition. But in fact, it gives validity to it because if someone was faking it, they'd want to try to act real, falsely pious. But Maria is so natural. Yes, our lady came. You know, it's just she's a friend. But this is different with Mariana, and you can see this. And she always usually gently cries in the beginning and, and of course, the end. And. And so often her her apparitions aren't uh, aren't composed necessarily of always something sweet, and mm-hmm. so it does have an emotional drain on her. But this light was something that was um, being enveloped, and this light was something really exciting to us. There's a book uh, I know I read uh, a month or so ago, and then um, I gave it to you on the way to Medjugorje, Ninety Minutes in right. Heaven, and. Um, it's really a bestseller. It's wrote by a Protestant minister. And actually what happens is he uh, was in a car wreck and a tractor trailer rig hit him. And when it hit him, it uh, immediately killed him. And he was so messed up, his body was, that uh, when the medics got there, they immediately checked his pulse and pronounced him dead. And so they began to work on the other people in the car wreck and got preoccupied with them and they had to, was going to cut his body out. They put a tarp on it. They were going to, have to get the jaws of jaws of life, which actually cut the top of the car off to get him removed. He was so smashed up. And uh, they knew by his head injuries, massive head injuries, and just every every part of his body was so broken that you know well, he didn't have a chance. And so uh, he had been there for an hour. They checked an hour and a half later, just one more time. The medics went over and checked his pulse. And he was he was dead. And so the road was blocked on the other side of this bridge, and and a pastor felt maybe he needed to go down there and just help, you know, something. He knew it was a bad wreck. So his wife walked down there and came to a police officer. And uh, he says, I'm a pastor. Can I help something? He said, well, there's two people over there shaking up. You can go pray for them. But they uh, they seem to be all right. And he said, well, what about over there? He said, well, that man's deceased. So he went to talk to the other people to give them some kind of emotional support and prayer. And he heard a voice saying uh, to go pray for the dead man in the car. And um, he thought, naturally, well, I can't do that. I can't go. How am I going to pray for a dead man? But he heard this voice said, you know, uh, to go pray for this man. So he thought, you know, well, I'm not going to pray for a dead man. But, you know, I hear this voice tell me to do this. So I need to go do this. So he goes to the. Uh, medics and they say you know the guy's dead and um, he said well I, I just want to go pray for him he says we said the, di- the guy's dead he says well you know I still want to go pray he said well you go and talk to the policeman so they went to talk to the policeman and the policeman said look the guy's dead I've checked him myself personally the medics have checked him the guy's dead he said I know but I still would like to go pray for him He's, and the policeman just looked at him for a minute and said okay if that's what you'd like to do go do it but I'm just warning you, he's really messed up. And uh, the pastor said, well, he was a medic in Vietnam, and 
I think it was Vietnam, and he said that he would um, had seen that. He said, well, you ain't seen anything like this. So he walked over to the car. He got in the back of the trunk and had to crawl in there and put his hand on his shoulder. And he began to pray. Um, and he don't know why he said what he said, but he says, I, Jesus, I want you to heal all his internal organs. And so he prayed, and then he sang, and then he prayed, and he sang, and he prayed, and he sang. And then he heard singing with him. And the dead man started singing. And when he started singing, he said he almost jumped out of his skin. He tried to get out of the back of the car as quick as he could. And he realized the guy was alive. So he got out of the car, ran over to the medics, and said, the guy's, the guy's alive. The guy's alive. Well, the medics just looked at him like he's, they were going to have to haul him off. So they refused to believe him. They were leaving. And he told the policeman they weren't paying attention to him. The medic, uh, he kept insisting to the medic to just go check him. And the medics were going to drive off. So he said, I'm going to lay down in front of the ambulance. You're not going to drive off. You've got to go check this man. So they were very annoyed at him and said, look, we know our job. This guy's dead. We've checked him. The policeman checked him. We, we checked him twice. So he went over there. He finally convinced him to go over there. Just please just go check him. Make a fool of me. Whatever you want to do, but go check him. Well, the guy walked over there, the medic did, and when he got to him, uh, he felt his pulse, pulse, and he had a heartbeat, so he immediately called the others, and they started frantically working on him. The thing that, uh, the story that goes on to say is that uh, the name of the book, 90 Minutes in Heaven, that this pastor actually died, and he describes heaven. And in this description, uh, it reminded me today, uh, Ruth, I think you can relate to it, mm-hmm. of... Um, the description of Mariana about this light. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things he speaks of is is this light. One paragraph of what he says during his moment that he was dead, he says everything, when he entered heaven, he said everything I experienced was like a first-class buffet for the senses. I had never felt such powerful embraces or feasted my eyes on such beauty. Heaven's light and texture defy earthly eyes or explanation. Warm, radiant light engulfed me. And that really struck me because our lady said today, enveloped. Mm-hmm. He says, warm, radiant light engulfed me. As I looked around, I could hardly grasp the vivid, dazzling colors. Every hue and tone surpassed anything I'd ever seen. I recommend everybody to get this book. Uh, it's amazing how close to what the visionaries have told us, Visca and, and Yaakov going to heaven. And um, uh, their experiences, and and it's uh, really a profound book. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute. As a parent, are you worried about what kind of society your children will live in? Do we really have a choice in the next election? Or do we get to choose what the powers that be give us? No matter how you structure your future, all is at risk. Money won't protect you. Position won't save you. Your children's future is nil. Our nation must change its direction. But what is stopping it? You are. It all depends on you. If you wonder how can that be, 
you won't after reading Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping. A couldn't-put-it-down book. Thrilling. Motivating. Edge-of-the-seat reading that will change the way you live and change this nation. Order on MEJ.com or at your local bookstore. Or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. So we have our lady saying today in this apparition of Mariana that she has a mission of God, or rather she calls it my mission of God. But more amazingly, she says, I call you to accompany me in my mission of God. So we're in this together. That correlates with another message she said before that uh, I can do nothing without you. That's why we've often heard her say, you're my extended hands. She gave a, a a specific message to a community privately. Uh, I was in Italy one time claiming the community that we are her extended hands. And she commissioned us further, which me and you are aware of that message. But what I'm saying is she she's doing this just like Jesus did with the apostles. It's a collective thing together. We have this mission. And she wants us to hold her hand and be in complete trust, knowing that it would be difficult, but that she wants us to persevere to the end so she completes her mission upon the earth that we'll be able to gather be enveloped in the light. And that was the thing that was interesting to me, Ruth, when she said, which desires to envelope, envelope, mm-hmm. envelop rather, I keep on saying envelope, mm-hmm. which desires to envelop us. So envelop us is her and us and what? Her and our mission. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then reading Don Piper's book about the mm-hmm. light that he saw, all this correlates. Mm-hmm. And so I guess what I want to ask you is your impressions going to Medjugorje, reading this book. Uh, from what I understand, I think Joan told me is that you read this thing before you landed there. You couldn't put it down. I, I kind did. Of I book. couldn't put it down. <laughs> so in light of this book, and, and this is just something from a Protestant that, mm-hmm. that not necessarily <laughs> would understand what a lot of what our lady's doing here, but it correlates and matches so perfectly that it gives validity to everything he says that happened to him is what these visionaries also are saying on this other side of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's inter- it, it made me very excited because uh, one of the things that seems to be happening more and a lot more people as far as some of the pilgrims that we're talking to and, of course, just even back home uh, you know, at, at our place, uh, a lot of the non-Catholics are Protestants, and and um, of course, when Our Lady gave the message, was it uh, which month was it where she says uh, God desires to convert the entire world? Twenty-fifth. Um, that you see that uh, Our Lady is is doing more uh, to bring that plan about. And to me, this book uh, by Don Piper, it was so. Um, you know, so close in so many ways to what the visionary says about uh, about heaven. Um, but it was, you know, this is uh, just a, it was a pastor of a Protestant church. Um, you know, so it just seems like our Our Lady's plan is is starting to maybe speed up a little bit, or we're starting to see the results of that um, in God's desire to convert the whole world. And so these little bits and pieces. 
um, are coming together into a full picture. At least for me, I'm seeing that, especially with other people talking about how it seems like people are becoming more open to uh, Our Lady, and it seems to be bringing about more unity within the faiths and so forth. And um, and I did think about that book immediately when Our, Our Lady said, um, or when Mariana explained about the light, um, this intense light, because I think it says in the book that as he drew closer, the light became more and more and more intense, but um, it never bothered his eyes. Didn't it say something like that? Yeah, I mean, that, uh, I mean, it was such a beautiful, intense light, but it was never something where it was hard for him to look at or anything like that. And... Um, and, and so in that way, for me, I, it's, you know, and of course when you come to Medjugorje, uh, you see many things, uh, uh, at least for me, uh, in a clearer way, especially being in the mission house and hearing the different pilgrims and that come in and, and so forth. It just seems like um, as Our Lady is becoming more serious in a lot of ways in her messages, that there are people who are responding, and it's not just the Catholics, it's of different faiths, too, that she seems to be uh, drawing more together. Well, she has to. The conversion of the mm-hmm. entire world is going right. to encompass, you know, Muslims, every, everybody of every faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, Our Lady's already got halfway there on, on a lot of faiths because a lot of the truths, they accept her in a lot of different things. So it's just a, a tweaking of the heart and grace, and, and Our, Our Lady's going to unite the whole world. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a human, a, um, human level, looking at a, this, a, so a, right now, on a human level, looking at it, to finish my statement, you, you know, that's an impossibility. Mm-hmm. It, it just can't happen. But mm-hmm. we also have a physical example of the war in Medjugorje. You had the Serbs, you had the Catholics, uh, and you had the Muslims in the same neighborhood living on the same streets mm-hmm. in, in, in a deep, deep hatred, to, hatred toward each other, doing atrocities to each other, and yet, peace came and it rains and so it's a representation of the whole world where we are today but go ahead what mm-hmm. you were going to say well we have a um a group here right now and um a, a young priest uh and his mom and sister kind of came in a few days after the group and then they just left uh about two hours ago to head back uh, and he is really an awesome priest. He's American, but has been spending, uh, lives in Canada and has a diocese in, or in, works at a diocese in Canada. But he uh, was sharing a lot about the importance that we have to be, invite these people uh, into our churches, you know, the, the non-Catholics and so forth, that we don't do that enough. And that's, you know, we've got to be more open because when we don't do that, the doors close. And if, if God's point is to convert the entire world, well, you know, how is he going to use that unless, use us in that way, unless we begin to invite them instead of, you know, creating that separation that exists, you know, exists in the church today. So uh, I thought that was, uh, that was uh, something he spoke a lot about that they are trying to do because they have uh, a lot of different faiths up in his area and, and he's doing everything he can to encourage you know, people from other faiths to come to his church, and because in the, they're in an area where um, the Catholic Church, his Catholic Church, may be the only church around for several of the non-Catholics, and so if they want to go to church, they come into the Catholic Church, and so he's using it as an opportunity to teach and um, the faith in in a way that their hearts will be open to that. But um, he was very good, and like I said, he spoke a lot about the importance of doing that. Well, we have um, 
a lot of grace of of talking to a lot of people that aren't Catholic mm-hmm. and seeing that they are longing and seeking something else, and they're finding in Our Lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, we have many stories here at Caritas of of many people that are not Catholic saying the Rosary. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people that don't even go to church saying the Rosary, and of course, that's that's Maria was here one time and and. Uh, uh, she went across a guy who came through here who wasn't necessarily interested in anything going on here, but he had to deliver something. And uh, I introduced, because he delivered stuff here daily, I introduced Maria to him. And, of course, he was hearing about it all the news the five days she was here during that period of time. And and uh, he came to my he came down to my house. I told him, you know, she'd be there going to meet. And he just wanted to meet her because he'd heard so much about it, but he wasn't interested in doing all this uh, hocus-pocus stuff, as he would say. But... Uh, Maria's advice to him was incredible. Here's somebody speaking in, in, with a lot, a, lot, a lot of non-belief in them. And she says, only th- one thing, he says, well, I don't know if I can believe all this. She says, it's not important to believe all this. She says, only important that you pray. Just pray. You will understand everything if you just pray. Mm-hmm. And that's what we fail to, to sometimes realize. Mm-hmm. Our motivation is to get people just talking to God. Mm-hmm. Get them praying. Mm-hmm. And then that will reap the harvest. If they're if they're sowing these seeds of of prayer, if they're in their own life and they're convicting people and people are attracted to him because he was attracted to Maria, mm-hmm. and everybody is when they see her gentle way and her way in persuasion. But it, her only tactical move with this guy was, hey, you just go pray. And I've often remembered that story because it really stunned me that I would have tried to explain to him about this or explain to mm-hmm. you know, a lady about this and why she's coming. And she had one answer. Hey, just pray. What's important is pray. And I, I do this often when I run across somebody or, or just in general society. And I say, well, just get on your knees tonight and just pray. Just spend five minutes and pray and just just talk. I don't even say to God. Just I just say that. If you can get people started that way, they get a peace mm-hmm. and result from that. They'll reap a harvest. Mm-hmm. And so um, we've got something here that we used to play a lot. Because so in a, so in a praying and reaping, and and uh, prayer reaps the harvest, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, something that we can all use this witness of Maria to um, have the motivation that the main place to start in people we know are not just trying to get them to believe the way we believe, get them praying, and the prayers will our lady will lead them from there. Well, you know, we hey, just Bruce, had a, Bruce, a woman come in.
March 28, 1985. Dear children, today I wish to call you to pray, pray, pray. In prayer, you should perceive the greatest joy and the way out of every situation that has no exit. Thank you for starting up prayer. Each individual is dear to my heart, and I thank all you have urged prayer in the family. Thank you for having responded to my call. It starts and ends with prayer. Even if there's no exit, it works. Ruth, you was about to tell us a story about the mission house. I, I was, um, uh, there was a woman who came into the mission house, and she came in. This is her first time in Medjugorje. She came in with a couple from England who has been here many times, and uh, I've come to know in my time here. And um, we were talking when they came in the mission house the first time, and I was discussing a lot about uh, Our Lady's messages and her plans and so forth. And this woman was looking at me very intensely, and at one point stopped me and she says, you know, you're making a lot of sense and I'd, I'd like to come back and talk to you. So uh, she came back a couple of days later and um, we went to a quiet place and sat down and she proceeded to tell me that um, she was uh, born and raised in the religion of Scientology and that she, uh, she practiced Scientology for 43 years and um, her mother came home from Australia one day, and um, she had, took one look at her, and she says, if this is what Scientology does to a person, I don't want to be a part of it. So she grabbed all of her books, and she burned them, and, and uh, started in the process of trying to figure out, you know, what's going on in her life, and who is God, and so forth, and that was about seven years ago. And uh, so God's been taking her on a little bit of a journey, so these friends of hers brought her here, 
and um, she immediately believed, and uh, but she still had a problem with the Catholic faith and so forth, and uh, she's not baptized, and um, so that was the, the whole thing. I told her she's, you know, that that her first step is she needs to pray and seek God's guidance, and um, there was a, a, a very intense talk, a very a very good talk, and uh, by the time she left the mission house, uh, she knew in her heart that she was going to leave seeking to be baptized and then to be open if God's calling her to the Catholic faith that, you know, she needs to be open to that. So it was a, a pretty exciting thing to, um, you know, meet someone who didn't know God for 43 years, practice Scientology in, in uh, every part of her aspect of her life, and then to see how God brought her on this path to where to leading her to Medjugorje, and then she came back in her last day to say goodbye, and, and she was already making plans coming back to Medjugorje. Well, that's when, so it, was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's one charisma I would say that we have uh, that always given us in a strong manner is to have a good understanding that we we don't have to push and we don't push Catholicism. Mm-hmm. We push prayer. We push conversion. And uh, I know I took a Buddhist once to Medjugorje, and everybody in the group was coming. Tell them about the Catholic Church. Tell them about the Catholic Church. Tell them about this. I said, just back off. Leave them alone. Let them convert. Well, they left Medjugorje believing in the apparitions. And I never said nothing. Six months later, he called me and said, uh, I received a call from him and he said, you know, I, I uh reading these messages and it says, go to Holy Mass. I said, yeah. And he says, well, I can't do that as a Buddhist. I said, yeah. He became Catholic. <laughs> See, just, we don't have to push for that. We need to push people to pray. Mm-hmm. Not even push them for that. Encourage them. Encourage mm-hmm. them. If you want things in your life to work, pray. And most people open to that. Uh, very few people are close to that. You know, Our Lady even gave something, an, an incredible message for atheists. Uh, the visionary asked, what do we do? What do we tell people who don't believe in God? She says, have them meditate for five minutes a day on the God that they believe doesn't exist. Now, is that not wisdom? Is that not incredible? Is that not profound as regards to the times that we live in, in which all it's necessary today. The grace of divine mercy is so so abundant right now. Just get an atheist or someone who's just struggling. They want to believe, but they can't meditate on a God that they believe doesn't exist. This year, why not visit the village that is changing the entire world? Mechagoria. Think about it. If you could combine every single event for the past 26 years that occurred in Washington, D.C., New York, Paris, London, and every other place in the world, it would be dwarfed by the event of one single day in Mechagoria. The Blessed Mother, Mary, Mother of Christ, comes to the earth, blesses the whole world with her presence, and speaks to heal a broken world with advising words, which she says are conveyed directly from God. You can be a part of one of the most important events in the history of creation. 
pilgrimage to Medjugorje, and you will obtain everything and more of what your heart longs for. There are a special number of discounted seats available for a short time. Call 205-672-2000, extension 218. I'm telling you, go to Medjugorje. When I hear that commercial, it, it just really moves me to, to, you want to shake people. You don't realize what's waiting for you. And everybody's done something they really didn't want to do. That, in fact, I wrote a little book called, uh, I don't have to go to Medjugorje. And then reasons why you have to go to Medjugorje. And, uh, on the back of the book that I wrote that it's, like sometimes you've gone on a retreat and you really enjoyed it or you went someplace and you didn't really want to go, but you got there and you really enjoyed it. Medjugorje, multiply that a thousand times more. Uh, as we say and what we experience with people, they already begin to plan their second trip uh, before they even leave. I know, Ruth, you just got or just sent off a group. You just finished and you're on another group right now, back to back. Right, and it's, this, this group has been uh, very, uh, very, very good, uh, different from the first group, but what's been interesting is that several of them have been to Medjugorje before, and there were two of them. This is their third trip, the first time with Medjugorje, uh, the first time with us. And but she told me that um, this is the first pilgrimage she's been on, um, even though she's been to Medjugorje three times. And uh, another couple has been here five different times. This is the first time they've been with Caritas, and they said they've always gotten bits and pieces here and there. But they said that we've put the whole mosaic together. And the husband said, he goes, I feel like I'm a little kid again and taking in everything and and i was thinking the same thing when i heard that commercial i said about people need to go to medjugorje uh it's important and i I feel like the graces are even stronger right now even though there may be a little bit more distractions here and there i i think that uh the graces people are receiving um um i i think there there's some real profound graces that are available to people uh and maybe that's just because of the intensity of what's taking place and and uh, our lady's plans seem to be moving along and so forth and uh and maybe that's being more visible now within the pilgrims who make the effort to to um seek the graces while they're here well the grace is always the greatest in the midst of everything just in the beginning the graces were so great and as far as the signs and now the grace of conversion is so strong because mm-hmm. we're in the midst of that and it's and it's going to be like in jesus's day you know when when uh, the 3,000 converted on Pentecost. And here it is. You had 3,000 3, people. Many of them had to have heard of Christ. Mm-hmm. And and yet, what would they have done? Human human reasoning tells us what they have done. They, they went to those who knew Christ. And they said, you know, tell us about this Jesus. Tell us about him. I've, I've converted. I was there at Pentecost. Tell me what happened. And, and going to Peter, and Peter said, well, you know, you know, aren't you the blacksmith on the corner there? We we passed there a hundred times, didn't you? We spoke on the corner over there. Yeah, but I didn't pay any attention. I was too busy with my life. And then, you know, somebody else going to, to our, our lady, tell me about your son Jesus. Well, you know, we passed this little village. We spoke in this village. Where were you? I was busy with my business affairs. And, and, and they missed the time of grace. And, you know, there's going to be a sign left on the mountain in Medjugorje. It's going to be physical. No ornaments will be able to destroy it. The highest society, the highest in society, Yaakov said, will run to the top of the mountain to look at it. 
it will be something that we will not deny or you cannot deny is not from God. Not that people won't believe because they didn't believe in Jesus. So they'll, the God haters will hate God even more. They'll deny it even though they see it. But it's going to be unequivocal proof of the apparitions. And what will people do to you that convert afterwards? Except tell me what it was like before this was on the mountain. Was you on, on this mountain? Yes, I was all over it. Many times, Yvonne's prayer groups, all these beautiful things we did. What was those days like? And so we we are in the pre-Pentecost time. And, and Our Lady definitely is preparing us for a second Pentecost. Uh, she's not coming to for a small little plan. This is the most greatest plan. And that's, that word is her word, greatest. The greatest plan since, since Christ launched his plan. Uh, the greatest plan for the salvation, the greatest plan for the salvation of mankind. She says actually the words, a great plan for the salvation of mankind. So we, we put these things in this kind of context and we realize and understand that, that, uh, why not go? You know, there's, you, you go to Hawaii, you go to this other place or that place, why not go to Mijigoria? We have people that write to us now and say, you know, all our family vacations now will be in Mijigoria. There's one Italian family that stays near where we stay in Medjugorje, where we have our houses. And and they spend the whole month of August there. It's their vacation. They go there and they go to Creation Mass. They go to the mountains. And this is how they spend their time. And so... Well, we ha- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so we have one man on the pilgrimage right now who uh, had lost his job. And um, he ended up selling his woodworking shop so that he could come to Medjugorje. And did so, he say it was worth it? Oh, definitely. He's he's uh, his thoughts are already. How can you get back here? Exactly. You know, and we've through the years we've had many people say uh, that I they wouldn't give me time off, so I quit. Mm-hmm. We've had other people say uh, I'm going. If you fire me, you fire me, and they got fired and they left, mm-hmm. and none of them said they regret it. And I'm not advocating people go do that, but right. what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm showing is that when you get to Medjugorje, especially you have the freedom to go. You will never regret it. And and we know there's a lot of great groups out there. There's a lot of people who have a really good intention. They, 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 there's hundreds of hundreds of groups, if not thousands, who've taken people to Medjugorje, all doing the work of God. But we are particularly interested in them taking, us taking you. Not not in a sense of better than any other group, but there's a fullness of because we've got three houses there. We live there. We've been going consecutively the longest from America on this continent, actually. And there's just a lot of background. We want to feed you. We want to give you in one trip what it might take you 10 trips to go over there for. And so it is important to, to who you go with uh, as a great um, impact on what you'll leave with. And your understanding of Medjugorje. And so I want to encourage people on Medj to go on Medj.com and, and press the pilgrimage button. Spend an hour going through that. Read the comments. Read what's there. And and really plan you a trip there that would change your life. And and a trip that's a necessity for this time. It's just not an option. You, you must go to Medjugorje. In fact, we'll, anybody calls Caritas tomorrow... Uh, our our line two zero five six seven two two thousand. You can look it up on the site. We'll send you free a copy of the booklet. Um, you don't have to go to why you have to go to Medjugorje, or actually the title is 
um, why do I have to go oh. to Medjugorje? We'll know what you're talking about if you say that. But anyway, um, enough said about that. Any, how's the days right now in Medjugorje, Ruth? Uh, they're beautiful. We um, had a, about three days' worth of uh, rain, which was greatly needed, a uh, very severe storm. The uh, night the group first came in, and I thought we were going to spend a, a pilgrimage in the rain going up and down, but uh, Our Lady changed uh, all that, and it turned out very nice before we headed up Apparition Hill. And actually, we've almost got summer weather right now. It was probably uh, in the mid-80s today. Uh, mornings and evenings are still very nice and cool. The, uh, the evening times, uh, the sky is full of uh, bright stars, and the moon's out right now. And so you don't even need a flashlight when you if you head up the mountain uh, at night or early morning. And um, it's very beautiful here right now. Lots and lots of people. Lots. We've probably got about uh, 40 uh, English-speaking priests that are concelebrating Mass every day during the English Mass, and um, the courtyard is full. The church is packed, and the courtyard is full during English Mass right now, too. Well, it's just beautiful to see people that don't know if they want to be in Medjugorje at the beginning of the trip and and Mm -hmm. don't know why or how they can even leave at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And... um, these days are beautiful right here. We always love the fall, and of course, right here in Alabama, the weather's really perfect. It's a perfect time of year. We have Joan in the studio with us, so she had, um, I think, a question or something she was going to ask. Maybe Hi, Joan. Hi. <laughs> um, what was my question? <laughs> she's been sitting there too long. Okay, we'll move on to the next thing. They're just excited to hear me, right? <laughs> Here, Joan. Just read a prayer for non-believers today. We'll do this for everybody today. <laughs> okay. The prayer for non-believers. Come, Mary. Come tomorrow again and again. We will pray with you. Bring back our loved ones who have left the church. Those who have left God. We will join you on the second of each month. We will pray for greater graces to be attached to your intention. We will pray that the dam of love, of God's mercy, will break forth. That your new prayer be released soon. We will pray that it will flow out as a river to all the nations. That as the rivers fill the oceans, your love of God will fill the earth. We wait. We anticipate that great day. And we call you as you have called us to add our prayers, fasting, and sacrifices to Mariana's in order that you may obtain all your wishes for the world. O loving Mother, thank you for the gift that the world is on the brink of receiving. You remember your question? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, uh, just to time. let you know, this um, or the people who are listening, uh, we oh, give out messages here in Medjugorje for the 25th. They're purple, golden balls, beautiful. And um, Terry had a special one designed for the second of the month um, message now, uh, and it's different with the prayer of non-believers on the back. And so this was kind of our first official. Um, uh, uh, day that we uh, have this in stock. We just uh, had several of it arrive, and so people were in shock. We had the message 
within an hour after it was given, printed up already, and we've had um, a con- you know constant flow of people coming in today. But uh, when we offered them a message this morning, an hour afterwards, they thought we were talking about the 25th and um, couldn't believe we already had the second of the month. But uh, these cards are being um, are, are being grabbed by the dozens and uh, hundreds for groups, and we're in the, still in the process of getting it translated in different languages as well. But um, it was kind of exciting to uh, to have these available to people today. Yeah, well, this is a big uh, big day for us in Medjugorje because this is the first time we've passed out the, the second of the month messages on gold embossed like we've done for years with the purple postcard gold, gold embossed. And... Um, yeah, we was hoping the reaction would be good, so I was glad to see that we got yeah, that. Yeah, they're so very quick. excited. And like I said, we've had a, a, a consistent, and even more so because people have been showing off the cards, and uh, so we've had people coming in specifically looking for them or, or begging us to have it in a different language. And and, uh, and I'll tell you, they are beautiful. Uh, I mean, they really look nice. Well, when you go to Medjugorje, be sure and look up the Mission House. This, this really has become as the message place is what people call it. Because uh, it's one place you can come and discuss the message. It's one place you can come spend time there and really get fed the message. And um, it's really it's a standalone as far as Medjugorje because that's always been our focus. Our charisma is the message. It's what Our Lady pointed us to, and it's, and it's why we don't deviate into anything else as a ministry. Our goal is the, the propagation of the messages. Maria's pa- husband, Paolo, once told me that um, you are the PR for the message. And so uh, we, you know, Our Lady's done this, opened this door for us, and and a lot of it too. When Our Lady came in 1988, she spoke messages every day. So it it imprinted me personally that that this would be our charism, and uh, our whole life is into the message. First to live it, not just to print it and put it out and read it and tell everybody else about it. We have to live it, and probably in the future, maybe we'll do a show just on what we live here and how we live it, and and what our life and the joy is brought to us. So. Um, just picking at random another message from uh, the the weekly messages. If you want to really get formation, if you want to get formed, or you feel like you need to go back and get get some foundation, and measure going to repick up, go back to the weekly messages. Get if you have words from heaven, the book. Just find the weekly message sections and just read through them. Um, do a study of them. Here's October fourth, nineteen eighty four. Dear children. Today I want to tell you that again and again you make me happy by your prayer. But there are enough of those in this very parish who do not pray and their heart is saddened. Therefore pray that I can bring bring all your sacrifices and prayers to the Lord. Thank you for having responded to my call. These are great beginning foundational messages and it's great renewal foundational messages to come back to conversion. And the and to get yourself readjusted. So the human nature in us, we always have to have that. Uh, constant renewing is why we retreat. We step back. We retreat back from the world. We reflect and we go back and we come back strengthened. And if you need, you're in need of resurrection, the song we played on the last broadcast, to take, take this being of me and resurrect me, make me, make me whole, make me new, uh, Thursdays, the Thursday messages are a really, really good place to start. Joan, you got your question yet? Bruce, <laughs> 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 <Well, laughs> enjoying it. <laughs> Let me just bring this back 
It's, it's only, it's only 8.30 here. It's what time there in Medjugorje, Ruth? <laughs> it's, um, yeah, anything's pretty funny to me right now. It's about 20 till 4 okay. in the morning. And you got a group so. all day tomorrow or now? Yeah, I do have a group to do tomorrow. Are y'all going to Cross so, Mountain in a few minutes? Um, I warned them, so if I'm a little punchy, uh, they'll understand. No excuse. You're a community member <laughs> I know. and you and got to the message. They won't give me a, and a only break. Patience. So, uh, <laughs> okay, John. But I've had good training at Caritas, so... <laughs> Well, let me just bring this back around to the discussion about that light from heaven. And um, um, it seems that Our Lady is bringing up more often and directing our our thoughts towards what happens after this life, what happens after all the difficulties. And um, it does seem to, if we can put our focus there, then the crosses don't seem quite as hard to carry. But um, it gives some real hope and really the end result of what it, um, what is this all about that we're, we're living here on earth. But um, I don't know if you've seen that pattern of Our Lady and bringing this up more often. Not just heaven, but what happens when you choose the other side? Or you, you, do, you choose not to persevere? Well, we have the message from Visca, or actually not message, but her, because she's been given Our Lady's life, the story of her life, um, and, and just a lot of explanation about heaven, hell, and purgatory. You know, Visca says that nobody didn't go to hell who doesn't choose to go to hell. And... Um, Many in the movement have heard that before and understand that, that we choose that. I once, when I, in the beginning days, back in 86 or so, uh, I, I did a real long interview with Maria before I really got to know her real strong. And through this interview, actually, we started a relationship. But in that, I asked her, um, who is it that, you know, how, how, do we, how do we know we'll go to heaven? She says, you choose. And I asked her, well, how do you choose? She says, by the way you live. I says, well... By the way, I live, so when I get to heaven and I, I deserve uh, hell, I want to go to heaven. She says, you can't do that, you know, but you are given a choice. I said, so when I'm standing in front of God, I, I receive a choice. She says, yeah, you'll choose heaven, hell, or purgatory. I said, well, how is that? She says, because you have to tell the truth in front of God. And if you have chosen uh, a life that merits hell, you will choose that. I said, well, suppose I know I'm supposed to go to hell, and then I choose heaven. She says, you, you can't do it. I says, it's like truth serum or something like that. She says, yeah, you have to tell the truth. And so the light of God won't allow that. But also Visca, shedding a little bit more light on that, said that um, she said that people who go to hell have already begun that life here on earth. And we see that. We see people that are in strife, great in peace. Hatred in the heart, meanness, anger, um, vice, and and it's a miserable life. There's no peace there, and all they do is pass through this door and continue in a much more grave, much larger uh, way. So this is something that's of, of such a nature and seriousness that um, that we can't decide either way except the way we live. And that's why our lady's trying to get us to do is to live a life of simplicity, live a life of love.
What if Our Lady hadn't appeared in 1981? We know Our Lady, had she not come and appeared to these visionaries, she revealed that the world would have destroyed itself. Why is the Holy Virgin coming? Read sacred scriptures, live it and pray to understand the signs of the time. At 6.40, June 24th, 1981, the world was on a downhill slide toward evil and darkness and hate. That, that changed in one moment toward the good. Has anything been said about Christians? There, there's many Christians in the world. But also she gave a message that said there's many Christians living as the pagans. They live pagan Christianity. With 26 years of daily apparitions, do we know if there is some kind of plan? It's her words saying, I want to use you in a great plan. You must pray to understand what your role is in that plan. And it's for the salvation of the world. How will it happen? Because you are the chosen ones in the time of grace, walking with her, who are going to instruct the others after the time of grace. When Our Lady came June 24, 1981, it was at that point that God had decided to bring us ten secrets, three admonitions, and it's going to happen. They will happen. Do not put off drawing closer to God now in the time of divine mercy. Find out more about the most extraordinary plans in 2,000 years of Christian history. Sign up for the Medj list free and be kept informed of the most important event in your life, your children's and your grandchildren's, and all your posterity to the end of the world. See MEJ.com and click on Medj list free. That commercial reminds me that we um, don't operate here for free. And uh, I need to just spend a couple of minutes mentioning that to you, that we we will be able to continue this, expand this, and do many, many, many more things if you support this ministry of Caritas. Uh, donations are paramount. We have to have it. We are very efficient in the way we spend money. And and uh, how we stretch the dollar, how far we go with it. Uh, all of us here consider ourselves missionaries. We uh, make a lot of our own things. The studio here we built ourselves and saved an enormous amount of money. We want every penny we get to go into the propagation of the message. Uh, we have uh, the agrarian system here, agricultural. Some of the guys are cutting hay today. We grow the hay. The, the hay feeds the cow. We eat the cow, and and um, it's that simple. We try to get closer, and, and it's, it's patterned after the messages. But also we do it to to give us the ability to get everything that comes in here and turn it into something as far as donations. So first we ask for your prayers. We need your prayers to keep uh, Radio Wave going, Meds.com going, Caritas of Birmingham going, the Mission House going. And and a lot of ministries you may not be aware of that Caritas is involved with publishing the books and materials. We have people that um, are daily writing to us going through conversion. We'll probably plan a show next week of uh, maybe something of a topic we'll announce to Medge. 
But we really need a response from you that if you want to be connected and you want, as time progresses, our ladies' apparitions getting more and more important, that you um, you support this mission. So, um, I mean, I I know all of us. Our goal is to go to heaven. We uh, we we want that. We want that for our, our spouses, for our children, our families, our lineage, our family. And with that, uh, we we have tools for that. You know, the church has to to have shelter. It has to build a building. It has to have the cathedrals. It has to have everything. And and uh, the tools, if we don't have them, we can't put out what we need to put out. And we we're not short on. Uh, projects we're not short on inspiration of what we need to do remember when it rained we haven't released it but we're getting really close to releasing it for you and and this is a great tool for conversion we spent two years making that and uh part of that stretching that out was was the funding so please remember us when you go to pay your light bill to stick us in there somewhere if it's just five or ten dollars uh, makes a big difference on us being able to continue to do what we're doing um, our goal again is heaven. We've talked a lot about the light of heaven. We talked about our latest today's message, letting us enter into into that light, passing through with us, accompanying her that one day we'll look for. And so this is maybe a little bit more of a fun song about that of what it would be like. And and um, we'd like to play for our for toward the end of our show right now. We still got a little bit of time afterwards. When I get where I'm going On the far side of the sky The first thing that I'm gonna do Is spread my wings and fly I'm gonna land beside a lion And run my fingers through his mane Or I might find out what it's like To ride a drop of rain yeah, when I get where I'm going There'll be only happy tears I will shed the sins and struggles I have carried all these years And I'll leave my heart wide open I will love and have no fear Yeah, when I Cry for me down here I'm gonna walk with my granddaddy And he'll match me step for step And I'll tell him how I've missed him Every minute since he left And then I'll hug his neck Yeah, when I get where I'm going I will shed the sins and struggles I have carried all these years And I leave my heart wide open I will love and have no fear Yeah, when I get where I'm going 
I see my maker's face I'll stand forever in the light of his amazing grace yeah when I get where I'm Of course, Our Lady is constantly telling us where to be conscious of where we're going and to live and make the choice of where we're going. We have a blessing tonight that we have uh, a priest with us from Chicago, Father Mel. He's uh, been to Medjugorje, I think, what, nine times? About that. Nine times. And he, um, we wanted to bring him in the studio toward the end of the show so he can do a benediction and prayer in just a few moments when we get ready to end. But um, he's here for the uh, we Birmingham Diocese just received a new bishop, Bishop Baker, which we're all very excited about. We prayed for two years for a very, very long time for this to happen, and uh, actually almost two and a half years. And actually, we prayed daily for Our Lady. We had Maria praying uh, for this appointment, and this bishop be somebody that she would have to search the whole country for, the whole world for. And not to give us this bishop until she had the time to choose who she wanted. And uh, Lord and behold, we've gone the longest in the history of the America, the history of the United States without a bishop of any diocese since the beginning of uh, our first bishop Carroll and the beginning of the founding of the nation. So we, we, um, we along with other people in the diocese, believe very strongly that Our Lady chose this bishop and that he's a special bishop. And uh, we're very excited for that. And we're glad that uh, Father Mills is in the studio with us. It's interesting how Mary plays such a role in our lives. I met Bishop Baker for the first time in the year 2000, the holy year, and it was because of Mary. We met down at the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico, where I spend a good several months of the year in uh, prison ministry. And at that time, we got to know each other, we became friends, and thus it was, after seven years, all of a sudden I got an invitation to his installation as the new Bishop of Birmingham. And it was a question of whether I go or don't go. I'd never been to an installation in my life, although I'd been ordained for 38 years. And all of a sudden, I knew about Caritas, and he decided that was the reason I'll go, because I can get free lodging. I can get <laughs> <laughs> and because I could have the opportunity of meeting three of the members of the community who've spent many years here, some 17 years here, I believe, three of the members, and 
I had just been on a retreat with them back in Illinois. And it's all these interconnections, how Mary plays a role once time after another. So I called down, and I was only going to come to the installation if somehow I could also see Caritas and, and have an experience. All of a sudden, I realized Mary used the installation for my opportunity, really, to know Caritas. The installation is a formal gathering. Caritas is a real living community. It's something that you cannot just see in a book or magazine or hear even on this program. It's something that has to be experienced, felt, and just let your faith go and understand the beauty of sharing in community life. So it's been a, a real blessing coming down, seeing this afternoon, just came back a few minutes ago from the cathedral, where there were 31 bishops, a cardinal, and so many people. But the main thing is, it's an event. Here, it's a life. It's a life with Mary, dedicated to Mary, through Mary for Jesus. And it's something that people living day by day with the animals, with the fields, with the work, with the sweat, and living with each other. And to see children who are so young and innocent and so playful and so happy, and adults who can get together in different circumstances, for me, this has been a true blessing coming to Caritas. So I thank you, Terry, for the opportunity to come here and spend these few days. Well, thank you. We're glad to have you. It's always a joy for us to host a priest, and uh, we're glad you came and, and glad the opportunity to open up for that. And uh, we'd like to see you, see you in Medjugorje with us sometime, too. I'd love, the, love to go with you. Joan, you got anything you want to add to that? <laughs> Ruth? <laughs> Ruth, are you still is Ruth, Ruth are you still there? Hi, Father Mel. I just want to say hi, Father Mel. I'm I'm um, excited. I'm in Medjugorje, but I'm kind of sad that I'm not there to see you. Well, someday, hopefully, I will get to see you. Someday, okay. I, someday our paths will cross again. When I I'm called, sure I will. called for you, but you weren't here. No, she's out bumming around someplace again. <laughs> Joan and uh, Ruth and Jenny was uh, on a retreat in Illinois mm-hmm. last month where they met Father Mel. So. And you can tell Terry's not from Illinois because we, <laughs> we don't pronounce the S at the end of that word. <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> okay. Well, to wrap up with our ladies' uh, words today, again, the uh, October 2nd message. Uh, I'll let Joan read it this time. And the uh, importance of it is, is, again, that our lady has chosen Mariana for the charism of of the secrets and and non-believers. And her messages are, are more grave in this last whole 12 months than we've seen uh, since almost the beginning of the apparitions. And uh, I know when Our Lady, our, our last apparition to Mariana, our Lady said, I sh- our lady said uh, to her, I showed you many terrible things, but you now must bear all this. And so um, while... God wants us to enjoy this life and be happy in this life. We know that uh, the sins of the world now are in such a grave matter in a serious state that there's little ways to correct it through legislation or through um, whatever means we might come up on a human level that we're going to need God the Father to come and help us. And uh, so we know that we see Our Lady saying these words, difficult time today, and uh, let's hear this message again and really think what Our Lady is saying to us. Our Lady of Medjugorje's October 2nd, 2007 message. Dear children, I call you to accompany me in my mission of God with an open heart and complete trust. The way on which I lead you through God is difficult, but persevering 
and in the end, we will all rejoice through God. Therefore, my children, do not stop praying for the gift of faith. Only through faith will the word of God be light in this darkness, which desires to envelope us. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Thank you. And Father, if you can give us a benediction and all the listeners tonight and their loved ones. Oh, Heavenly Father, you have chosen from the beginning of time the woman who was to be the mother of your son. The centuries went by and finally came the moment that Mary received the message from the angel and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. In our lives we pray that that Holy Spirit will come to us, that the gift of Mary who brought us Jesus will come to us. But it's not just a matter of coming. Help us, Lord Jesus, so that we can respond, so that we can make an effort to change things, change our lives first, so that we can be an example to others. We pray, O Lord, that you bless each and every person who is in contact with this message this evening and with everyone who they are going to be in contact with. Give them the blessing, the peace of Mary, the joy of the Spirit. And I ask this blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. And Ruth, we would like to say good morning to you as we say good night to everybody here. I know you're October 3rd. We're October 2nd still. But uh, where are you going to be doing today? Um, actually, we're doing the Patriotic Rosary and uh, Special Blessing and going to the cabin. I promised uh, the uh, group that we would do something not so strenuous because we did the uh, apparition in the morning and then we did our walk through the village part two. So um, I was, uh, they called me sergeant by the end of the day. Okay, well, tell them <laughs> it we're was, No, a very grace-filled day. But uh, we're, so we're going to do the Patriotic Rosary, praying for our country and for everyone there. So. Tell her we're all praying for them, and we'll uh, ask them to remember us over here and everybody's listening. We would like to say goodnight to everybody. We thank you for listening. We ask that you continue your prayers and really put this message of Our Lady today into your life. And uh, we ask that you uh, tune in next week. We'll have a broadcast. We'll announce it on Midge. And uh, we wish you Our Lady. Good night.